Awesome. And I'm going to invite uh, Sophia up here. We got a super duper special guest speaker today. <laughs> Father, I just pray your blessing over Sophia. God, she shares uh, your word and what you placed upon her heart. God, I know you're going to use your words powerfully today in this room. So right now, Holy Spirit, we pray you would open our hearts to whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Did you hear me? Yeah. Good. Welcome to the Junction Church. Okay. Thank you. Um, my name is Sophia Antoniuk, and with you, I've really pondered about what it is that I should say to you, and I decided that I would like to share with you what I'm so passionate about, and it's my adventures with God. And what I did was, I looked up the word adventure to see what it actually meant. And um, the dictionary defines it as an exciting experience that is typically a bold, sometimes risky undertaking. A daring experience with uncertain outcomes. An account of marvelous things. And then, an adventure is a miracle. Don't you just love that? Don't you just love that? I believe that God is a God of miracles. And I actually believe that, that he has created us for his adventures. He wants us to experience him in a real way, to know who he is. He wants us to be passionate about our everyday that we wake up. But before I take you on some of my adventures, I just want to give you a little bit of um, my background. Um, I was raised in a Dukabar family, and we had a lot of borscht and pitahi, thanks to my mom. <laughs> and um, she also, they taught me the Russian language, and I was very much a part of um, the Dukabar community. We, if you've ever been to any Dukabar function, the singing is just beautiful. And when we all gather there, um, it's, it's wonderful because we feel like family. We really feel like a community. My mom also, uh, she taught me many prayers and I memorized them. And I said these prayers every single day. And they always made me feel better after I said them. But what I noticed is that I was lacking a closeness with God. I actually, I wasn't experiencing him. There just didn't seem to be anything really kind of personal or, or exciting happening into my life. So when I was a teenager, I had an acquaintance, and his name was Frank. And Frank was just a total party animal. He liked girls, he liked drinking, he liked drugs. And then I heard that Frank changed. He became a man of God. And I just, I was fascinated.
fascinated with that. I could hardly wait to see Frank. And then one day, here he comes, and he's walking towards me, and he's about 15, 20 feet away. And the first thing that I noticed about Frank is that his face absolutely glowed. And I was in awe over this glow. So when he approached me, the first thing he said to me is, he says, do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And I wasn't even sure kind of what he was meaning by that. So my obvious answer was, um, no. And then all he said to me, he said, you're a sinner. And he says, if you don't repent, you're going to go to hell. <laughs> and I may be honest, I didn't expect that encounter to be like that. I thought it was going to be more like, hey, how's it going? And I was going to ask him, you know, how did he, ex how did he have this God experience? Anyways, um, Frank, uh, Frank eventually moved to Vancouver where he became a pastor. And um, I moved to Victoria, I was 20 years old, and I was pondering about my encounter with Frank. And Something that I knew that Frank spoke was, he spoke the truth. He actually, he, I knew he found truth. And um, I also knew that he found God Almighty. And that's the God that I wanted so much. So as soon as I moved to Victoria, I actually moved in into a basement suite. And my landlords were living up above me. They were an elderly couple. And um, the very first Saturday evening that I was there, my landlady, she opened up the door. We had this adjoining door and a staircase. And she says, oh, Sophia, she says, I made some freshly baked muffins. She said, um, would, you, would you like some? And I said, oh, I love freshly baked goods. That's actually one of my weakness, food. I love food, especially freshly baked goodies. And then she asked me, she said, would you like to come to church tomorrow with us? I was so excited. I could hardly wait to go to church because I didn't know what was going to happen there. I didn't know what church was like. Um, in fact, I had no church protocol at all. So the morning arrived and um, my landlords drove me to church. And it was a beautiful church. It was called Glad Tidings Pentecostal Church. And of course, it's in Victoria. And it seated approximately 400 people there. And as soon as I walked in, my landlords introduced me to a couple of young girls my age, and then they just left my landlords. And there I am with, with these girls, and they're lovely. Um, but we barely got to speaking, and um, all of a sudden, the, the congregation was asked to take their seats. So I noticed that everybody sat down, and where the, my girlfriends were taking me to was an, an entirely empty row. And um, I just looked and I thought, nobody is sitting there except for us. So I put two and two together really quick that that is the sinner's pew. That is where I'm going to be. <laughs> and, and so rightly so, you know. And my girlfriends were gracious enough to sit with me there. So. <laughs> Then the man in the front, who called himself a pastor, he began speaking. And, and I heard him bring up Jesus. And I thought, wow, this is not the baby Christmas Jesus that I'm so familiar with. <laughs> this 
actually, you know, the grown-up Jesus. But he began talking about this Jesus who actually forgives sins and how he can cleanse our heart and how he can give us a new heart and how he can actually come in and live uh, in our hearts. And I was standing there thinking, how does all this happen? I want this, but how does all this happen? And then all, it's like he, he, this message was for me, and it's like he must have heard what I said because he said, if, if you want your sins forgiven, if you want Jesus to cleanse your heart, and if you want him to come into your heart, just, just close your eyes and, and bow your head. And he said, and pray. And he said, and lift up your hand so I can see it. And lift it high. So I, well, this is me. So I lifted my hand and I lifted it high so he could see. And I looked around and everybody had their heads bowed and their eyes closed. And then I heard the pastor. He began to pray. And I only heard him, though, just for a brief moment. Because suddenly, God gives me this vision that I didn't know was a vision at the time. And in this vision, I see myself, and I'm actually kneeling. And I am kneeling before I knew, I knew I was kneeling before a holy God. I knew it was Jesus, and I could see him in his robe. Now, from the neck up, all I saw was, um, it was a bright, glowing light. He was like pure love and pure light. So I could not see from the neck up, but from the neck down, I could see his robe. And his robe was some, I've never seen material like that. So the, the threads on the robe, they were, they were intricately woven, and they were golden threads. And there were no seams in this robe. And when it flowed on him, it just, it just, it, it flowed in a manner that um, I guess words can't explain. But at that point, I knew I was before a holy God. And I remember in the past thinking, if I ever have an opportunity to ask God a few questions, I was going to ask him a few. And one of them was going to be, why is there so much suffering in this world? And you know, when I was kneeling before him, I didn't hear any questions coming out of my mouth. I only heard <coughs> two words, and those words were, forgive me. And I heard God say, child, you are forgiven. And then I saw this hand coming down, and my hand, remember, is still out, stretched out. And this hand came down. And it, and it touched my hand. And for a brief moment, I knew that I touched the hand of God. And I was stoked. And then all of a sudden, there I am, still at the church. And my girlfriends are kind of looking at me weird. And I, so I said to them, did you, did you see? Did you see Jesus in the robe? And they said, no, we didn't see Jesus in the robe. And so I said, well, but you did see his hand come down, didn't you? And they said, no, we didn't see a hand. So I got confused, and I said, well, what just happened here? 
But they said, oh, they said, well, Jesus could reveal himself in any way that he chooses to. And in this particular situation, he actually revealed himself to you in a vision. And then they said, consider it a gift from God. And I thought, what a holy God we have. Like, he doesn't just come with, um, uh, he doesn't just come to forgive us. He doesn't come to just cleanse our soul and, and give us a new heart and to come in and live in our heart. But he comes bearing gifts. Like, what an amazing God. I was so stoked. And when I read this uh, scripture in Ezekiel, of course it brought back all my memories. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I was excited about Jesus. I loved him, and I wanted everybody to know him. And I wanted everyone to be just as excited about him. And I like to just fast forward you to uh, just a few years. I'm married, and I have children, and um, we are now heading on our family adventure. So the place of choice was a place called Eleuthera, and it's in the Bahamas. It's a beautiful island. It's got uh, not only white sand beaches, but it also has pink sand beaches, with hardly anyone on them. Um, what is special about this island are the people. So when we first came into the airport, the first thing we noticed was there was a Bible in the airport, and it's like opened. And then we began noticing that everywhere we went, the hardware stores, the grocery stores, they had Bibles that were actually open. And people were reading. When you're standing in lineup, you can read the Bible. It's just there. And we just thought, what an amazing place. So um, the first three weeks, we actually rented a beautiful, modest little cottage close to the ocean. And that was fabulous. But then we decided that what we wanted was for our children to have a real experience, an experience with the locals. So we relocated them to the poorest village on the entire island. In fact, it was so poor, there was no electricity, there was no running water, and we thought this is going to be absolutely perfect for our kids. <laughs> but, but what happened was uh, the place we actually rented, our landlord, he did have a little bit of money. So he, um, he uh, had enough money to bring power. So we actually had the power and the, the running water, but it was very modest. As for the rest of the village, there was a town spigot, so they had a tap. They can go there, they can fill up their buckets and then bring it back to their homes. So Leonard and I began uh, wanting to get to know the villagers. So we began doing uh, walks around the village and we would take our kids and as we're walking, all the children would come out of their homes. And we had children ranging from age three years old to 18, 20 years old. So we do, would do the entire loop in the evening and pick them up and walk and we'd talk. And then we would do another loop and we would drop each of the children off back at their homes. And then some nights they'd come over to our place and they, um, they, they always wanted to play with our kids and kind of feel their skin. And then they would play with my hair, they would braid it and give me all these funky hairdos. I loved it. It was so great, but I wanted to do something special for them. I decided that, you know what, I want to, give a, I want to teach them how to paint. I want to give them an art class. So I said to them, I invited them, I said, oh, I said, tomorrow after school, why don't you all come over 
to my apartment here and I'll give you an art class. Well, the next morning I woke up and thought, what would ever make me think I can give an art class to these kids? I've never given an art class. Then I said to my kids, I said, what if no one shows up? And they said, what if everyone shows up? <laughs> well, my kids were right. The entire village showed up and the parents. So it was full. And when I stepped out, I was overwhelmed. And I was excited. But I had a situation. And that situation was, Lord, I only have three paintbrushes. I am not equipped. And I have five little tiny tubes of paint. And I stood there and I waited. I waited for direction. I, I didn't hear God say anything. So at that point, I just asked the, the children there. I said, does anyone here have a paintbrush? And it was quiet. They looked just as excited. They were smiling, but it was quiet. And then all of a sudden, I see this little boy picking up his hand, and he said, I have some paintbrushes. And then he told me that every single birthday and Christmas, his grandfather bought him art supplies, but he never knew how to paint, so he never used them. So he said, I'll go get them. So he jumped on the bicycle, he went, and he brought back the art supplies. And I want you to know that that day, I came to know God as a God who provides. When we, when we trust him, he is there to meet our needs. And everyone in that village had a paintbrush to use. I mean, isn't God a God of miracles? And when I read Matthew 14, 15, I always am reminded, of course, of, of, my, of this um, experience that I had. I'm just going to back a little bit here. So Jesus was, he was with the multitude. He was speaking, and it was already evening. And um, so I'm going to just pick up at 15 here. Now, when it was evening, the disciples came to him and said, this is a desolate place, and the day is now over. Send the crowds away to go into the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, they need not go away. You give them something to eat. The disciples said to him, we have only five tubes of paint. <laughs> I'm kidding. It's just, I just wanted to see if you were still awake. <laughs> and you are. <laughs> so it actually says we have only five loaves of bread <laughs> and two fish. And he said, bring them here to me. Then he ordered the crowds to sit down on the grass and take the five loaves and the two fish. He looked up to heaven and said a blessing. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the crowds. And they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of the broken pieces left over. And those who ate were about 5,000 men besides women and children. What an amazing God he is. Um, so my next adventure, we actually did not take our children. It was to a place called Kauai. Kauai is an island in um, Hawaii, and it is beautiful. It's romantic, and it's um, lush and tropical. They have beautiful waterfalls and, and hiking trails. So, 
soon as we arrived there, Leonard and I, we wanted to explore this island. But of course, I'm hungry, right? I got hungry and we're I said, oh, I need some food. So we we're on the hunt for a restaurant. And we noticed this mall, and it was a nice mall. It was a new mall, a modern mall. And we pulled in, and in this mall, they had these beautiful shops, and then it was a little bit of an outdoor mall where you could eat, and there was all sorts of special events that would happen there. But what we noticed was the restaurant. It was packed out, in fact, there was a line of people, so we thought, good food, probably great prices, let's go in there, check it out. So we step in, and sure enough, as we're moving along in the lineup, so are other individuals lining up behind us. So this restaurant was set up actually cafeteria style. So the women were serving the food of your choice. And when we came to the front and we picked out our dishes, we couldn't help but comment to the ladies that how busy the restaurant is considering it is 12, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. We understand 12 o'clock, but 3 o'clock? The owner was back there serving and she said, yes, she said, it is busy, but it never used to be. So she sat down and she told us her story. And she said that um, she leased the space, she brought in the tables, the chairs, the food was the same, the prices were the same, but where were all the customers? And then one night, she fell asleep, and Jesus came to her in a dream. And he asked her to remove the idols and the statues and everything on her walls. And this was a big thing for her, because this was an expression of her faith. So, but he didn't stop there. He actually asked her a second thing, and that was he wanted her to have scripture placed on all these walls. Now, considering this was a go-to place, like this is the modern mall, that was, a, that was just asking so much, and yet she was so obedient. She removed the idols, and she removed the statues, and she removed everything off her walls. And she hired an artist, and he came in, and he painted scripture all over these walls, but he did it so tastefully, it looked like decor. It was beautiful. And I just want to share a couple of the, the scriptures that she had. Um, so this one is from Psalm 34.8. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And then the other one she had was Joshua 24.15. And this one she had placed right up above, uh, it was like a banner, where they were actually serving the food. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Anyways, I, that day was a day where I came to know God as a provider. He provided her financially, this woman. He blessed her. And Everyone that stood in that lineup, they were standing there and waiting to, to have the food, to have food for their stomach. But God had a much bigger plan. Because of the long lineup, you have nothing to do but look around. And as the people looked around, they got so much more. They got, by reading the scripture, food for their soul. So he is an amazing God, isn't he? I just love him. Anyways. Uh, <laughs> Uh, 
The next adventure I want to take you on is actually right here in the Kootenays. And most of my adventures, they're here. This is where I live, and this is where I experience God every single day. I know there's a little bit of an echo happening. I'll try not to move around quite so much. Um, so... Shall I move something here? <laughs> Am I okay? All right. Um, so I woke up and my morning was like any other morning. I like to in the morning just go for a, a quick, quick walk, 20, 30 minutes. So I live along the Slocan River and my home also backs onto the rails to trails. So as I was leaving my driveway and getting ready to turn left, like I always do, God says to me, turn right and go to the picnic table. And I thought that was an unusual request because the picnic table is only actually two minutes away from where I live. Not a very good workout. So what did I do? I disobeyed God. And I decided that I'm going to turn left. And sure enough, there I am. But I got only 10 to 15 feet onto my path and um, the Holy Spirit just stopped me in my tracks. I mean, I could not move any further. And all I remember is I was turned around, I was facing the opposite direction in the direction of the picnic table. And I did not, not understand what was actually happening here. And I came to really live out the scripture. It's from Proverbs 3, 5 to 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. And at that point, I just said, Lord, I don't know why I'm not getting a workout. Um, I always love doing my 20, 30 minute workouts. And then... I go past my driveway and then I walk to the picnic table, which is only two minutes away. And that's where I rest and relax, and that is my reward there. But I trust you, and I'll go there. So I arrived, and I noticed this young man of around 40 years old, and he must have been camping there because he had all his camping gear all packed up, um, and he strapped it to his bicycle, and he was ready to go. His hands were actually on the bicycle, you know, handles, and there I am. Kind of blocking him, I guess, a bit like a goalie, because I'm just wondering, what am I doing here, Lord? So I said to him, I said, hey, good morning. And he said, good morning. And I said, oh, I said, I noticed that you are on a biking trip. How's it going? And he looked at me and he said, good. So at this point I'm thinking, okay, he's not very talkative. So I thought, well, I'll just try one more question here. So I said, oh, I said, well, do you live around here? And he said, no. And I, <laughs> I thought at this point, you know, I'm sure that what he's thinking is, lady, move out of my way. You know, I just want to get going here. Um, uh, but instead, I just stood there because God brought me there. So I'm thinking, I don't even know what I'm doing here. So I'm standing there and he's standing there. And all of a sudden, he says to me, he goes, are you a Christian? <laughs> and I said, 
Yeah? I said, are you a Christian? And he goes, no, but I used to be. And I said, what do you mean you used to be? So then he began telling me his story. And his story was that he actually owned a really, and owns a large company, and he has a lot of staff, and from a worldly viewpoint, he seems very successful. He's very well-spoken, well put together, but yet there is a side of him, a past that is so very different. And he explained to me that, that no one in his company knows about this past because it's, according to him, such an awful past. So he didn't say anything. So he lives in this secret. Um, and then he began sharing about his past. And he told me that he was a military soldier. And he began expressing some of the missions that he was sent on in these war-torn countries. And they were absolutely <coughs> horrible. They, when he shared them with me, and because he was involved in, 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 the, in the cruelty and the atrocities of war, it was, it was just about hard to, um, to understand how, how humans could be just so cruel to each other. And it seemed like a very long time that he was sharing. And yet, when he was done, I, I, the reason I cannot share his stories is because he told me in confidence, and I respect his privacy, so I'm withholding the stories um, from you in that manner. Um, but when he was when he was done, he looked at me and he said, "Now tell me, do you really believe that God could forgive me for all the horrible things that I've done?" And I was just about to say something, and he just went, "Oh," he says, "You don't even have to say anything." He says, "I can tell by the look in your eyes," and I just stood there thought, what is going on here, Lord? And all of a sudden, there he is. He is looking so intensely that, you know what? Even though his eyes were kind of in my direction, it felt like he was looking at something maybe in behind me. So I kind of thought, I'll just take a look around. <laughs> and, and then he just said, I'm looking at you. Um, so he said, what I see is, he goes, around you. He says, there is this glow, and there is this bright light. And all of a sudden, he goes, God is here. So I thought, you know what? I kind of want to get in on some of this action. <laughs> so I began kind of looking around, <laughs> bright light. But it wasn't for my eyes to see. It was for his eyes to actually see this, this bright light. And he said it was so pure, and it was such pure love that, that he saw and he felt. And then all of a sudden, he just broke down and started weeping on this picnic table. And I was surprised, because here's someone of such military uh, strength and might, and to see him just so broken, 
So um, I wasn't sure what to say at this particular time. And all I could think of is that I wanted to pray with him. So I asked him if we could pray. And he said, yes. So we prayed. And we asked God's forgiveness. And I also prayed a blessing over him and, and his life and his family. And then we were basically at a close. And I just asked him, I said, do you have a Bible? And he said, yes, it's dusty. He said, <laughs> but he said, I'll remove the dust. And he says, I'm going to start reading again. And then he said to me, he goes, do you know, he goes, every day as I'm driving to work, I always go past this tiny little church, but it's beautiful. And he said, I am going to start attending it every single Sunday. And then his parting words to me were, he said, God sent you to me, didn't he? And I, I said, yes. He did, because I was going in a whole different direction. And I came to know God that day as a God who, he pursues us with a passion. He pursues us with a passion. Like, how amazing is he? And he even includes us, even if we're doing just a little walk, on his adventures. And... I also came to know him as a God who really forgives, like he forgives. And I was pondering over that. I thought, why? Why would he forgive us for our horrible actions, for our, our awful thoughts that we think, and for the words that we speak, the cruel words so that we're all capable of speaking? And I believe that it's because he is good. He is a good God. And he is a God who loves us. He loves us. And one of my favorite scriptures that so many of you have heard before, but I'm never tired of it, is for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever should believe in him would never perish but have eternal life. And if, if anyone's sitting here and you're thinking, Jesus is my Savior, but I am not experiencing him with adventures, with excitement, with a passion to get up in the morning, I believe that he wants to be not only your Savior, I believe he wants to be Lord, the Lord of your life and Lord over your life. He comes to us and he accepts us the way we are. But then we have to leave our agenda and our terms right there. And then he embraces us. And where he sends us, it is his agenda. It is his terms. It is his purpose. There is nothing, nothing greater than walking this life with God Almighty. That's right. Give your heart to Jesus and he will give you a lifetime of his adventures. Amen. Pastor Jesse, thank you so much for the morning of this adventure. <laughs> thank you. <laughs>
I know that we all are here are your adventure. Thank you for your patience. And may God bless all of you with his amazing adventures. Thank you.